This radio show is a paid placement. It's time for Retirement 360 with Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. Your retirement coaches at Mercurio Wealth Advisors. Alan and Troy's team helps with the X's and O's of your financial plan, helping to make sure you have the winning playbook before the clock runs out on your working years. So let's drop the puck, break the huddle, and tip things off. This is Retirement 360 with Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. Welcome to Retirement 360 with Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. I'm James Parker. If you got a question for the show, 502-273-1188. The website is louisvillesretirementcoach.com. And how do you think you would do on a financial literacy quiz? If you don't think you would do that well, don't feel bad. Most Americans get a failing grade when it comes to retirement literacy. This is according to the American College of Financial Services. What they did was uh, put out a 38-question quiz 89% of female participants flunked the quiz. 72% of men failed the quiz. So, Alan, there's a clear gap here in scores, but the bottom line is most of us are lacking in the area of financial literacy, especially in the area of retirement. So what topics do you find uh, most people are struggling with when you're helping them plan for retirement? You know, I think there's a combination of things. Really, the first and i think probably the hardest thing for most of us to really grasp hold of as we start to think about you know ending that 30 or 40 year job is what do we want to do with the rest of our time what do we want to do with the rest of our life so we spend a lot of time as you know james when we sit down with somebody we're talking with them or having a conversation about what are you going to do with the extra 2000 hours you have this coming year when you retire you know, those hours that you would normally spend working, what are you going to do with that? So most folks have, uh, it's a struggle. I think it's hard to really put your hands on or put your, wrap your arms around the idea of not getting up at 630 and going off to to work somewhere. And you, now you get to maybe lounge around a little bit. And most of us, you probably have, you still get up early and all that stuff. But I think that's one of the things. And then the second thing really is putting pen to paper and calculating how much does it really cost me to live this life that I'm living. You know, we talk about that all the time too is you know, what's your lifestyle expenses? What's your what do you spend on a day-to-day basis, a month-to-month basis to run the lifestyle that you want to run? And that I think that's a struggle for most people to really look at too because when you think about it, you think, well, you know, I got utilities, I got the cable bill, I got the life insurance bill and this and that. And you start putting some numbers together and you usually come up with a couple thousand, maybe a few thousand dollars a month. But in reality, when we run them through our process, we typically, it usually doubles, to be honest. I mean, if somebody says they spend $3,000 a month, more than likely they're spending closer to five to $6,000 a month when you add up all those extra things. So those are a couple things. I think, you know, taxes also weigh in there and how do you create income and all that stuff. But really those first two, trying to decide what to do with that time. And then also what's it really costing me to live this life I'm living? Well, researchers in this study said men often claim to have higher levels of knowledge and then they test poorly. Women's self-reported knowledge on this test is actually more aligned to their literacy scores. So women are being more honest about what they don't know when it comes to finances Uh, So how do we get the guys on the same page and help them understand why they might need some retirement guidance? Well, uh, that's kind of, (laughs) I guess that's kind of why we uh, refer to ourselves as retirement coaches, because we do feel like it's, we just kind of have to coach everybody along with this. And uh, and if you look at any successful person throughout the world, you know, whether it be men or women, you know, you talk about any sports people, you talk about actors, actresses, or you talk about CFOs and CEOs of companies. Typically, they have some kind of a coach that's working with them. So I think the first thing that we do is really just kind of lay the plan out in front of them. We say, okay, this is where you are. And our process truly looks at your current plan. So if you're sitting there today, you're, this morning, you're listening to us for maybe the first time, or maybe you listen to us all the time. And you know that you've got a plan that you put together with an advisor across town and you've, you've been following that plan over the last few years, but you really don't know 
but you've never had anybody check it or, or look at it again. That's one of our first steps as part of our process is called the retirement 360 scorecard. And that scorecard will actually kind of look at your current plan and give you an idea if you're on a path for success now. And then we're not trying to show you that you're going, it's going to blow up or anything like that. We truly want to look at the numbers and the way we do that, we've got some software that we plug all your numbers into, and it will actually look at the past performance of those investment accounts that you have, how they've grown in the past, what kind of risk they have. Uh, and then we start to get some information from you. What kind of income are you going to need to draw off of these accounts? What's your social security income look like? When do you plan to turn it on? Or, you know, if you have a pension, how's that going to work? When's that going to come on? Some key points there is what happens if you pass away and your spouse is left, does he or she get part of your pension and all that. So we look at all of that and then we give you a score. We say, okay, from zero to 100, you have a probability of getting to age 95, you know, and still having money left over of 85%. So let's say, you know, running all that, you, you come up with an 85% score. Well, our goal is to get everybody above 75%. So 85% may be good. And you say, hey, that's that's great. But I think that's the first thing is really just coaching people a little bit about how to get to where you are. Are you on a, on the correct path or, or a successful path? Not a correct path, but a successful path now. And if you're not, what can you do to change that? What little things can you maybe tweak a little bit to make it, you know, go from an 85 to a 95? Those are the things that we try to focus on. And, but we also want to look at things like, you know, what happens if you have one bad year? And again, software has been a blessing to the financial service industry over the last 20 years, I guess, but specifically over the last 10 years. But, you know, we can look back and say, if you owned exactly what you own right now, how would that have performed in a 2008 market or how would that have performed in a 2001, two and three market or the financial crisis of 2007 through 2009? How would that have performed during those specific times? And we can look at it. I I just did this the other day with a a new prospective client and he's got a little over a million to, I guess, saved right now. And when we looked at the way he's currently invested, if he goes through another 2007 through 2009 market uh, like we had then, uh, he'll lose $846,000 of his million two. That's a huge amount of risk. And obviously, if that happens, his success probability is not going to be near as high as it is right now. Now, if, if it doesn't happen, he's golden. He's going to have plenty of money to retire on and live his life on. But the reality is, is over the next 30 years, we're probably going to go through one of those time frames. And we have to make sure that we're protected or at least understand what's going to happen during that period of time and then how to prevent it if it does happen. So going back to your question, how do we really get the guys and everybody on the same page? It's really just kind of talking to them and showing them where they are now first and then getting them to agree, yeah, this is a possibility. I like that probability score. feels like when you're watching football and they're like teams that start 5-1 and have a 82% chance of making the playoffs. I mean, it, and it really opens your eyes when you start to think about it because, you know, we've been through, I guess, if you look at it, gosh, this market's been going up pretty much consistently since 2009 or to the end of 2008. So we've started this long bull run in the market and we've kind of gotten comfortable. We've gotten used to the market always increasing. Of course, we had that the blip in the market, uh, I guess, it was March of 2020, where it dropped 20 five or 30 percent right there in the over period of about three weeks but it came back pretty quickly so over about a six or seven month period of time we came back we got everything back in our portfolios and if you didn't sell out at the wrong time and stay out of the market then you probably are you know again it's probably just a blip on the radar so we've gotten comfortable and we've gotten uh, complacent with what the market is doing and can do but the thing that you always have to remember and I always try to remind or remind people because I was in the business back in 2000 and 2001 and two, when we had three really bad years, negative uh, double digit returns for three years. If that was, if you retired at the, uh, I think it was like in June of 2000, I mean, you had a really bad three years of retirement right out of the gate. And if that happens, that can really wipe out 30 or 40 years of planning. So you have to, 
you have to guard against that. And I think that's why the, the process that we've developed at Mercurial Wealth Advisors really does walk you through a, a lot of that kind of those kind of scenarios. You want to look at that. And folks, we've been doing this for 30 years. So we, we have a history of how to help you look at your portfolio. And that process really does break it down into several different layers, but you get that scorecard first. The scorecard kind of shows you where you've been and where you're going on your current plan. Even if, if we don't get involved at all, it just kind of gives you say, kind of a checkoff that says, yeah, I'm, I'm on the right track or I've, you know, it's like a checkup at the doctor. I'm, I'm doing good. Everything's great. Or that it may point out something to you that says, hey, I didn't think about that or I didn't include that in my plan. How do I include that? And that's where we come up with the Retirement 360 game plan. We always come back and say, okay, well, if we got involved, this is how we would do it. This is what we would implement. Some of the things that might catch some for you, uh, but make maybe make your plan or your probability score a little bit higher. And that's our goal is to try to do that. So if, that, if you think that's something that uh, can benefit you, give us a call at 502-273-1188. John is standing by. He'll take your call, tell you kind of what to expect in the first meeting when you come in to meet with me or one of the advisors here at Mercurial Wealth Advisors, and really understand exactly where you are. He'll tell you what to bring and where our office is and all that stuff. But give us a call at 502-273-1188 and take us up on this offer. All right, real quick, Alan, what's the difference between the Retirement 360 game plan and the Retirement 360 bundle? So the bundle is actually everything together. So the bundle is this, the scorecard, which is the first report that you get, kind of tells you where you are. The game plan is what we would do, is if, how we would put it together, and, and that's going to include the income plan, the tax map strategy, and then the, the last element of that is actually setting down with our attorney to go through your will, your trust, your powers of attorney, all those documents that you need to have on points to make sure that if you walk out on life or when you walk out on life, everything's going to work the way you want it to. So the bundle is really what we offer everybody that comes in and goes through the process. It just takes a couple extra meetings to get through that. All right, that's Alan Mercurio, your retirement coach at Mercurio Wealth Advisors. I'm James Parker. You're listening to Retirement 360. 2022 will be here before you know it. Act now to make beneficial financial moves before December 31st. Call Louisville's retirement coach today, 502-273-1188. When you crash your car, you get it fixed. When your computer crashes, you get a new one. But what will you do if you've been saving in a 401k and the market crashes? If you're in your 30s or 40s, you'll be just fine. But if you're in or near retirement, you could be in trouble. Louisville's retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton at Mercurio Wealth Advisors are here to help. They'll create a retirement 360 degree game plan to see if you're taking on too much risk. Don't let the market control you or your retirement dreams. Call 502-383-5800 today to schedule your visit with Louisville's retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. Crashes happen. Are you ready? Mercurio Wealth Advisors, 502-383-5800. Investment advisory services offered through Mercurio Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through Mercurio Insurance Services. Call now to schedule a visit and get started on your Retirement 360 game plan. 502-273-1188. That's 502-273-1188. Hey there, you're listening to Retirement 360 with your retirement coach, Alan Mercurio of Mercurio Wealth Advisors. Louisville's retirementcoach.com is his website. The phone number 502-273-1188. I'm your co-host, James Parker. We're going through a quiz here that is showing that how bad Americans do. This is from the American College of Financial Services, a little 38-question quiz about some financial basics and a lot that has to do with retirement planning. And we picked on guys in the last segment, but when you read through the findings of the study, only 12% of women feel highly knowledgeable about long-term care, and then only 27% of women have a plan to fund it, despite the fact that 50 percent of women will require it so uh that seems a little troubling what's going on there alan well you know i think the biggest part of it is is that when we start talking about long-term care it's not a fun topic to talk about first and foremost is that most of us tend to think i'm never going into a nursing home my kids have told me they'll never put me in a nursing home and 
I don't want to ever go that way. And they just kind of put blinders on and say, hey, it's not going to happen to me. And I think that's the biggest issue. But the problem is, is that that's not always the case. I mean, we're facing this right now in my own family. My mom's 88 years old. She's got Parkinson's and she's got Parkinson's related dementia. And, and my sister and brother-in-law are angels to the family right now because they're, they're taking the brunt of the care for mom. They live with mom so that they are 24 seven, they're with her. So, but it's getting to a point now that it's not feasible for them to stay home and it's not you know practical for them to stay home. And mom's probably, I don't know, I'm not going to say that she's not getting good care because she is, but you know, she probably needs somebody with medical training to be with her most of the time now. So I, I think that you just have to start to think about how do you do this and how do you put a plan together? And a lot of times the ladies of our relationships tend to think, Hey, I'm a, I can take care of mom or I can take care of dad. But what we see most of the time, if they take on that role, it's their health that usually suffers because they start to, you know, get kind of beaten down and battered up by that. So it's a struggle to do to go through that. I mean, think about just the financial side of it. If you right now, we were just doing this the other day, talking about this the other day on a podcast that the average cost of a semi-private room here in Kentucky, I think it was a little over $70,000 a year for a semi-private room. And, and the national average is, is you're going to spend about two and a half years in a nursing home if you go into the nursing home. So it can be a financial struggle too. All options sounds so expensive. Paying for it out of pocket sounds expensive. Getting long-term care insurance sounds expensive. I don't guess there's any shortcuts or any tricks to, to get around this? Well, actually there are. I mean, I don't know that they're shortcuts or tricks, but there are things that a lot of folks and a lot of advisors even don't think about. You can do a lot of long-term care planning with a proper estate plan. And our attorney goes through this with all of our clients too, just to make sure maybe, you're, you know, maybe either A, you don't have the money to, to fund an insurance policy of some kind, or you just don't want to go down that that hole or that, that rabbit hole or whatever, or you just say, you know, again, you just kind of say, Hey, I'm going to take care of it. But then once you get into the care, it becomes a little bit more daunting and a little bit more challenging. So, uh, you have to look at something, but having the proper will, the proper trust, the proper powers of attorney and all of those documents in place way before you need it is a good start because you can you can do a lot of planning around long-term care with the proper estate documents now are you going to save every dime that you have no probably not uh, are you going to be able to transfer everything to the kids no probably not but you're going to be able to do a lot more than you would be able to do without those documents so that's one of the first things that we'll talk about in our process with our um, you know prospective clients or even our current clients is hey you need to meet with our attorney you need to make sure that will's up to date. You need to make sure those powers of attorney are up to date. Everything needs to be on point because if it's not, it can really cause you more issues by not having this stuff up to date. Yeah, one of the other interesting things when you kind of cross-reference the data in this survey with other things we know, like we know women are managing the checkbook. They control the budget in the, a solid majority of households, but... That doesn't mean they have an income plan for retirement. Most of them don't. So what's the difference between managing the monthly household budget and then when you retire, having to have an income strategy there? Well, and this is a common misunderstanding, I think. An income plan simply assures you that you're going to have the income that you want when you want it, and it's going to allow you to do what you want to do. For instance, you know, if you retire with a couple IRAs and a, a Roth IRA and a, a brokerage account and you got your social security in the wings and maybe a small pension or something like that. How do you combine all of that to make sure that you're going to get a monthly check that's going to pay for all your essential needs like your food, your groceries, your gas, your utilities, your mortgage payment, your insurance payments, all those things that you really don't have any control of. You have to pay them every month. You want to make sure that you have guaranteed money coming in or as guaranteed as you can get it coming in every month to give you confidence. And I always say that, you know, if you got that money coming in, you've got confidence to spend that money because you know, another check just like that one is coming in the next month. So you can spend that one too. So you don't have to worry about the stock market, you know, jumping up or down and, and whether you can take enough money out of your, your brokerage account this month to pay the bills, you automatically have that. So that income plan to me 
is kind of the anchor of your retirement plan because you know the success of your retirement depends on the income that you're getting. You know, you can't go out and spend your million dollar IRA every month, but you can, if you got a, a $5,000 check coming in from your IRA every month, then yeah, you can spend that and you know that it's, it's going to be consistent. Now, you know, I can hear some folks kind of talking around the kitchen table right now. They're saying, well, Alan, I can take $5,000 out of my IRA account every month and I can just set it up automatically. Yes, absolutely. You can do that. But you have to kind of consider the other consequences. What's the tax ramifications of that? What's the how's that going to affect your Medicare insurance and things like that? Or how's it going to affect your Social Security? Or does it have an effect on that? And trust me, folks, all of those benefits are wrapped around the income that you're receiving. So they're all income based and they, they can change if you kind of take too much out of an account at the wrong time. So you have to make sure that that income plan is set up to, to benefit you the way you want it to. All right, that's Alan Mercurio, your host here. And if you're interested in what he's talking about, he's been doing this for 30 years. He walks his clients through uh, his process and helps them come to the right decision for all these financial forks in the road. It's called the Retirement 360 Game Plan. And if you retired in the last five years or maybe you're planning to retire in the next five years, I want you to pick up the phone, give him a call. Actually, John's the one standing by. He's going to tell you what you can expect and what you need to bring to your meeting. And then... Alan will personally meet with you, review your current plan, offer to build you your own game plan. 502-273-1188. 502-273-1188. Or go to Louisville's louisvillesretirementcoach.com. All right, uh, Alan, when you're dealing with couples, most of the time they're not going to pass away at the exact same time. Someone is going to live longer than the, than the other, and it seems to be overwhelmingly common that the woman – is going to outlive the man. Can you talk about the conversations to make sure the income is there for the surviving spouse as well? Yeah, one of the biggest issues is that most people don't realize that, you know, once you lose your spouse, you know, obviously you're losing a big part of your life, but financially you're going to potentially lose some income too because if they're, you know, if they're drawing the the bigger social security check and you're drawing a smaller social security check or vice versa, one of those social security checks are going to go away. So you're going to go from maybe, you know, maybe you're getting a total of $3,000 a month with both checks down to maybe $1,500 a month or something like that. So right out of the gate, you're going to lose some income. Most people don't have any means to replace that income. So that's one of the things that we'll talk about is, you know, what happens when John passes away or what happens when Betty passes away, she's got the bigger social security check you're going to get the bigger check, but the smaller check's going to go away. So we want to figure out how do you replace that. I think the next thing that really trips people up is that after that year or after your spouse passes away, in that year, you still get to file a joint tax return, which means that your tax brackets are probably going to be lower. The next year, you're going to drift over into a single tax bracket. And most of the time, I won't be say all the time, but most of the time you're going to jump up in tax brackets. So you're going to pay a higher tax that next year. Do you have a plan for that? If you don't, that's part of the conversation. We want to talk about how do you, uh, you know, minimize those taxes? Is there a way to do that? Do we want to push some income back into the year that you have as far as a joint tax return? Do you want to pull some of that income out before that year passes completely? How do you do all of that? So we just try to talk through those scenarios and make sure that they understand what's coming and then really help them benefit from uh, you know the planning experiences that we've had in the past. Yeah, a lot of complexities go with the uh, spouse in retirement planning, but is it, is it that much different than single people? No, not really. I mean, at the single I think when some of the things that you have to realize if you're a single out here and you're you've not had a spouse or you just chose not to marry or what have you, you know, it's really all on you and you have to do the, all of the planning yourself and you know, you don't have the benefit of having extra income coming in. So you totally relying on what you've been able to save. One of the things and I've got a, a single fellow that came in just this past week that we were, he's been a client for, for several years. He's actually a referral from his brother who's a client of mine. And Greg and I were talking, and then he's a big motorcycle guy. He likes to ride every time. You know, they, they, he rode in on the morning. It was like 43 degrees here, and he rode in, rode his bike in. And I, I was just talking to him about it. I said, so are you got any big plans to go riding this weekend? He said, well, I'll probably just go riding by myself. I don't have a lot of folks that I ride around with. 
And I think that that's the challenge is that as you start to get into those retirement years, you just have, again, you have to kind of build a plan for what you're doing. How do you include other folks? How do you make sure that you're socially connected to some other folks? Because I think we all need that social interaction regardless. But the biggest challenge, again, is really making sure that you have an income plan and you are dependent on yourself and, and realizing that you know how to build that for yourself. All right, that's Alan Mercurio from Mercurio Wealth Advisors. Louisville's RetirementCoach.com is their website. The phone number, 502-273-1188. And if you're about five years away from retirement or you've retired recently, probably need to pick up the phone and give them a call. John is the guy standing by. That's going to be the guy who answers the phone. He'll answer some of your questions, let you know what you can expect. If you're coming out to a meeting, he can help you plan that. And then Alan's going to meet with you and review your current plan. If you don't have one, he will build you your own game plan. 502-273-1188. 502-273-1188. I'm James Parker. You're listening to Retirement 360. If you missed a show and want to catch up with Alan and Troy and the latest retirement planning topics, click on the media tab at louisvillesretirementcoach.com. That's louisvillesretirementcoach.com. Twenty twenty two will be here before you know it. Act now to make beneficial financial moves before December thirty first. Call Louisville's retirement coach today. 502-273-1188. Hey there, you're listening to Retirement 360 with your retirement coach Alan Mercurio. I'm James Parker. If you have a question for the show, 502-273-1188. The website is Louisville's retirementcoach.com. You can also go to the website. There's an events tab up at the top. And see when they're doing some uh, public events, you can go find them, learn a little bit more about what they do for their clients, what they can do for your money. Louisville's Retirement Coach.com. Go to the events tab, or you can call the office 502 273 1188. 502 273 1188. And it doesn't have to be about investing or your 401k or your IRA. It's uh, a much broader net that's cast, like including estate planning. And one of the hardest words to hear from a loved one is the, that phrase, we need to talk. But sometimes it's just the best way to start a serious conversation. But unfortunately, couples and families have a tendency to put off the tough conversations that they need to have. And that, that really messes up planning for the future now, doesn't it? And uh, planning for the future as a family through estate planning, legacy planning, whatever you want to call it, it's definitely a good thing. Now, before we get started digging into this, I just want to remind everyone that we are not attorneys. We are not providing specific legal advice. Everyone's situation is unique and different. And as with all the clients, all the listeners, you are encouraged to seek the guidance of a qualified legal and, if necessary, tax professional before making any decisions about your personal situations. But all that out of the way, when it comes to estate and legacy planning, Alan, who all needs to be involved? Your spouse, your children, all the heirs, or is this just up to you yourself? No, I mean, I think the first thing, the first steps that we've always tried to sponsor here is really just that conversation. So we usually get it started with what we call a beneficiary meeting. So when we bring on a new client family, usually within the first year, maybe it takes two years to get it all worked out and everything. We try to have a, a meeting with the you know, the clients, obviously, but then we bring in their beneficiaries. So if their beneficiaries includes their children, some of our clients don't have any children, they have nieces and nephews. And we want to make sure that they understand, you know, what's kind of the game plan, what's going on with mom and dads or uh, uncle and aunts, you know, plans here, what the game plan is. Now, we just want to let them know that this is what the process is. And this is, you know, this is who you contact if something happens. And this is, uh, you know, having questions, what's we just try to get a conversation going. But I think you definitely want to include the kids or the beneficiaries, whoever that may be. You want to make sure that those folks are included in the plans because this is really where most of the biggest fights we've seen in family fights occurs when you, you know, after you're gone, somebody thought they were supposed to get something or somebody was supposed to be in line and, and they were excluded for whatever reason. And that reason may not have been disclosed anywhere along the living years. And, and now it's coming out. 
And obviously feelings are hurt and, you know, they may feel like they've been cheated of some kind of uh, inheritance or something like that. When in, in reality, none of us have a claim on anything. So we're just here. So as, as far as, uh, you know, how that's going to be passed out is really the choice of the person that owns the assets. So I think the main thing is just getting everybody on the same page, making sure you kind of understand if you're excluding somebody or you're limiting somebody, then obviously it's better to have that conversation. But again, James, you made a good point. The hardest four words are we need to talk or, or we need to explain this or, and some people don't want to face that maybe that decision that they made to leave somebody out. They don't want to have that conversation with them because it is an uncomfortable conversation. So we just try to encourage conversations and keep that information flowing so that people know how to, what to expect. Yeah, those we need to talk conversations are, are usually tough. It's never we need to talk. I want to go get some pizza. It's always something brutal. brutal. It's never fun. I mean, you know. Yeah. But look, I, I'm going to control my estate plan, and no one's going to tell me what to do. But that also kind of makes me feel weird about, say, like asking my parents about their estate plan. Do I really need to be digging in their business and trying to find out all the details there, or at least talk through some of the issues with my parents, or should I leave them alone? No, actually, I mean, I think this is this is really kind of a, a we're starting to see this change, but uh, it's really been tough over the last probably 15 or 20 years for me because a lot of our clients, my parents were a good example of this or are a good example of this, is my dad before he passed, he was brought up in a different generation. So he did not share financial information with me or my brother or my sister that, that you know, that was kind of taboo. You didn't talk about what you what you owned or what you make as for a living or what you have in a savings account or all that stuff. You didn't, you just didn't talk about that stuff. So consequently people of, of my age, 55, 60, 65 years old, their parents probably didn't share that information either. Now we're starting to see a, a little bit of a turn where people are getting to be a little bit more open. Uh, you know, like my generation, uh, I'm 60. So my generation, you know, I share that information with my kids. They know probably, I'd say 80 to 90% of what they need to know anyway. They probably need to know more, but that's kind of where we are at this point. So everybody is kind of starting to share that information. But the biggest challenge is, is when you come in, when somebody comes into the office and they have that relationship where their mom and dad's really kind of kept everything kind of close to the vest, it is tough. And then, and that's when you really have to kind of see what's going on and how to get that information out. Yeah, I've seen it happen in my family. It is kind of morbid to run. It feels like you're calling dibs on someone's stuff before they're even gone. But it would have saved my family a little bit of hassle in a, in a couple of succession issues. But aside from having a will, Alan, what are some of the other core documents we need to consider with uh, an estate plan? And as you said a minute ago, we're, you know, we're not attorneys here, but we've got strategic partnerships with uh, several different law firms throughout the city of Louisville and, and really throughout the country. And typically, most of the attorneys that we work with will all agree that you need to have a power of attorney. And typically, that power of attorney needs to have what they call gifting privileges. And I'm not going to try to go into that and explain what that means. But, you know, you can come in and meet with one of our attorneys. They can, If you feel like, hey, I don't know if mine's got that, you can come in and go through our, uh, our process and you'll meet with one of our attorneys and they'll kind of look at your stuff and kind of explain, yeah, you need to change this or you're you're good. And they'll kind of give you a checkup on that. So the power of attorneys with gifting privileges, a will that kind of, they call this, I think, a pour over will, but basically it's a will that will capture things that didn't make it into a trust. So at, at the moment of your death or after your death, it'll take everything that didn't make it in the trust and automatically pour it back into the trust. So you want to try to have a what they call a pour over will so that if if you pass away, the idea is you don't want anything in your estate. You want it all in a trust. So that way it keeps it out of probate and avoids a lot of delays and a lot of fees and all that stuff. And then the, the next thing would be that revocable living trust, something that a kind of a, a bucket here that and when you pass away, everything's going to be poured into the bucket so that it's not going to go to probate. It's got beneficiaries on it. It's got a, it's your wishes. If you're, you've got three kids and one of them's really good with money, but one of them's really poor with money, you can say, okay, the one that's good with money gets theirs in a lump sum, but the one that doesn't handle money real well, well they just get theirs paid out monthly. So you can, you can design the trust any way you want. You can build it to where it's structured. And I got a story about that, but uh, my grandfather did a trust back in, 
gosh, it was, uh, I think it was like 1971 or something like that. Of course, he's been gone for a long time, but his trust is still alive and Grandpa Dipple is still controlling that trust to this day because he's, he's put certain criteria on that trust that, you know, only pays out when his daughters are gone. My mom is the last of his daughters. So he's technically, he's been controlling that trust for what, 40, 50 years now. So, uh, or longer than that, actually. So that's the idea behind it is you got to have a, the documents that are well thought out and put together in a proper way to make sure you when you walk out on life, everything is going to go exactly the way you want it to. All right. So let's say I'm putting together my estate plan. I like what I hear. I'm calling 502-273-1188. What do you guys do at Mercurial Wealth Advisors? You said you have like a, a team approach or some strategic partnerships. How, how do y'all put together all of these pieces to put a, an estate plan in place? Well, I mean, the first thing is we, as you said, and as we've talked about already on the show is we've done this for over 30 years. So we've, we've put together a process called the retirement 360 game plan process. And it's a proprietary process that we use here at the offices. The first step of that is really creating a scorecard to see where you are now. So we take a complete look at your current plan, which includes that will and trust and, and insurance documents and all those things. We want to look at that and say, yeah, we're going to give you a grade on this. How, how are you doing so far? Is it a, you know, are you have a high probability that you're going to make it to age 95 and still have money left over? Or are you going to fall short somewhere along the way? Next, we're going to create the Retirement 360 game plan. The game plan is if we got involved, how would we change that? What would we do? What's the different things that we would suggest that might help your score go from an 85 to a 95? That's going to include the income plan. So the income plan tells you, when do I turn on Social Security? If I got a pension, how do I take my pension? What's best options to take that pension? How do I set up you know, the guaranteed income plan? So do I that social security and my pension's part of it, but I got a gap in here. So should I use some kind of an annuity payment of some kind, or should I use some other kind of investment that's going to guarantee some income on a monthly basis? Most of us saved all of our income in taxable accounts like 401ks or IRAs. So we have to have a tax plan. So what are we going to pay in taxes? So that's included in the retirement 360 bundle is that tax map. What's the taxes look like today? And then if taxes go up, how's that going to affect me later on in life? And then the final piece of that, James, is, is that estate plan where you sit down with one of our strategic partners and talk about the wills, the trust, the powers of attorney, all those documents that you need so that when you walk out on life, everything's going to be transferred in the most tax efficient manner possible in the way that you want it to. And I think that's the key part of it is the way that you want it to. So give us a call. I mean, I think this, this is a great opportunity for you to sit down with somebody that's been through the trenches, so to speak and can really help you develop that uh, retirement game plan. All right, that's your retirement coach, Alan Mercurio of Mercurio Wealth Advisors. The phone number, 502-273-1188. The website, louisvillesretirementcoach.com. I'm James Parker. This is Retirement 360. When you crash your car, you get it fixed. When your computer crashes, you get a new one. But what will you do if you've been saving in a 401k and the market crashes? If you're in your 30s or 40s, you'll be just fine. But if you're in or near retirement, you could be in trouble. Louisville's retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton at Mercurio Wealth Advisors are here to help. They'll create a retirement 360 degree game plan to see if you're taking on too much risk. Don't let the market control you or your retirement dreams. Call 502-383-5800 today to schedule your visit with Louisville's retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. Crashes happen. Are you ready? Mercurio Wealth Advisors, 502-383-5800. Investment advisory services offered through Mercurio Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through Mercurio Insurance Services. Do you know how inflation could affect your retirement savings? The Retirement 360 Roadmap could provide some answers. Call for a complimentary visit now. 502-273-1188. That's 502-273-1188. Hey there, you're listening to Retirement 360 with your retirement coach, Alan Mercurio of Mercurio Wealth Advisors. The phone number 502-273-1188. The website, louisvillesretirementcoach.com. 
If uh, you're interested in maybe meeting Alan at one of his public events, you go to Louisville's retirementcoach.com and you click the events tab at the top. And that'll let you know about some upcoming events in your area and also give you a chance to RSVP and get your reservation made. Louisville's retirementcoach.com. All right, we get a lot of questions on the show over the years, and we save these every once in a while. We dip back into the mailbag, and uh, we're going to start with this one, Alan. First question, I'm about to retire, and I'm wondering if I should pay off my home. <laughs> That's, that is a very frequent question, frequently asked question, I should say. And I used to kind of argue this out mathematically because there's a lot of uh, you can look at it from a from a mathematic standpoint and say, you know, if you're paying a six percent mortgage and you're you know, only making five or six percent on your investments, yeah, go ahead and pay it off. Or if you're paying a you know, two percent mortgage, which is more the case these days, two to three percent, should I pay that mortgage off with assets that are making five or six percent? You know, you can argue that from a mathematic standpoint and say, yeah, you probably ought to leave the money in there, to let it make more money. But in reality, you know, we all work for the day that we can say that we own our house. That's one asset that can't be taken away from us, so to, so to speak. So it really depends on a couple of things. Number one is what interest are you paying? So are you paying a higher interest payment or are you paying a lower interest payment? So let's look at it from that standpoint too. If you only owe fifty or sixty thousand on the house and you got, you know, a hundred thousand sitting in a savings account making a half a percent, well then it kind of becomes a, a no brainer to me as I'd go ahead and eliminate it because you have to also look at the the cash flow side of it. If you're paying five hundred dollars a month for your mortgage or maybe a thousand dollars a month for your mortgage, if you take fifty thousand out of the savings account and pay it, number one, you're you're getting more value for that fifty thousand because it wasn't making anything anyway. But number two, you're freeing up maybe five or six or a thousand dollars a month of income or cash flow. So now you've got that money that you can spend somewhere else. So that may make sense to you. So you have to kind of consider, you know, the balance owed and then the source of funds. But again, really, James, it comes down to more of a uh, emotional decision probably than a financial decision at this point is, you know, I've gotten this close. I'm ready to retire. Do I want to go into retirement with a mortgage? I think most of the time what we're seeing now is that typically somewhere around age 50 or 55, a lot of families are getting kind of itchy. They've been in the same house for 25 or 30 years and the kids are gone and they decide to sell the house and buy a new house. Well, in that, those cases, a lot of times you have a much larger mortgage. So then it really does become that math question and how do we figure that out? Because if we have to take two or three hundred thousand dollars out of a four hundred one k to pay the house off, then we really want to think about that. Because not only are you taking a big chunk of your retirement savings to pay off the house, but now you got to pay the taxes on that too, which may throw you in a higher tax bracket, which may affect your Social Security, which may affect your Medicare, a lot of other things that go along with that decision. So you really have to look at it from a planning standpoint at that point. Well, that was a big question. A lot of a lot of stuff in that one. That's all right. Next one from the mailbag. I've been hearing a lot about Roth IRAs. Should I do a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA? Yeah, I think that this, again, this is a, a pretty common theme right now is that uh, we personally feel like taxes are probably going to go up in the future. If you look back at what's happened over the last 18 months to two years, the country has spent a lot of money. We've got it went from a $23 trillion deficit to a $30 trillion deficit. So I think taxes are probably going to go up. So for the most part, we're suggesting that if you can, if it makes sense to your plan, of course, everybody's going to be different. We have to go through the process to give you this advice for yourself. So don't anybody just go out there and do this. But it may make sense for you to start to convert some of that money from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. If you're contributing to the plan still, so if you're you know 45 or 50 years old listening this morning and you're still putting into a plan at work and they offer you the Roth, I would say probably, again, everybody can't just decide to do this, but I would say probably 75 to 80% of the folks, I would say recommend that they do a Roth. Just simply because it's you're, if you're paying the tax now, you're paying on the seed of the investment, not the harvest of the investment. And, you know, if it's taxes might be higher when you get ready to retire, it just makes sense to go ahead and, and knock that out now and pay the tax off of it. The Roth does make a good, it's a good conversation to have and really to try to run through your plan specifically to see if it works for you. 
You're listening to Retirement 360. That's Alan Mercurio, your retirement coach. If you have a question for him, it's 502-273-1188. The website is louisvillesretirementcoach.com. And remember, if you have uh, an interest in anything he's talking about here, financially speaking, you can reach him at Mercurio Wealth Advisors. It's 502-273-1188. We're rolling through some questions out of the mailbag. Next one is, uh, this is another classic. I'm tired of being a landlord on my rental properties, but I'm not sure if I should sell them. What are some of the pros and cons to renting out property as a supplement for retirement income? Well, some of the pros, obviously, is that you have that income coming in. Now, rental property is not a guaranteed source of income, but it's pretty strong because, you know, once you get a renter in there, at least for a couple of years or maybe a, a lease of five years or something like that, you know you've got income supposedly coming in if they're paying the bills and everything. So that's a good part of it is that you got a source of income that is not dependent on the stock market. And that's one of the things that we try to do is try to separate those or at least diversify those sources of income so that not everything's dependent on the stock market. Obviously, the cons on owning rental real estate is that tenants are not always the easiest to deal with. And tenants are probably saying, well, landlords aren't easy to deal with either. So, but that's, you know, you, you know, you've got times when your property might set vacant. If somebody moves out, you might have to go out there, go in there and completely renovate the place, new carpet, new, you know, fixtures and all that stuff to into the place. So you have some expense, but I think that rental real estate is usually a good supplement to some of the other stuff that you're doing. I think one of the keys that we talk about in our planning process is you don't want to have, as I just said a minute ago, really don't want to have everything tied to just the stock market because if the stock market goes down then you can your, your income can be uh, you know in in jeopardy so you don't want to tie everything there again part of the problems with rental real estate is just the management of it and but if you can find somebody that will maybe take that off your hands for a small fee maybe it's worth having some real estate in your portfolio next question out the mailbag i've heard that when you delay social security your benefits grow at eight percent and that is better than what my investments are doing. Should I just let my Social Security grow since it's a sure thing? Well, as with every answer that I'm giving today, folks, your situation is going to be different. So maybe it makes sense for you to let your Social Security grow after age 60, after full retirement age. It does grow at 8, at 8%. But then you also have to think about, well, if I took it at age 62 and I received Thirty percent of what my full retirement would be. So let's do some math here again. Let's say that you're at full retirement age, you're going to get a thousand dollars a month, but at sixty-two, you're going to get seven hundred dollars a month. Well, from sixty-two to sixty-seven, you get seven hundred dollars a month for twelve months a year, and for that four-year, five-year period, then that's usually somewhere around maybe a hundred thousand dollars or ninety thousand dollars or whatever. Typically, it takes a full 12 to 14 years for you to recoup that money that you would have gotten that first period of time. So even if you if you wait to age 70 to do it, how much money could you have had during those pre-retirement years or even from full retirement before you start getting your payment? And then how long does it take you to catch up? So I tell everybody every day that we don't have a guarantee on tomorrow, much less the next 15 or 20 years. So uh, we're seeing more folks come in and say, hey, Social Security, I just want to take it as soon as I'm eligible. Uh, some folks say, no, I'm going to wait until full retirement age when I'm 66 and a half or 67, whatever the number is. But occasionally we're having folks say, you know, I, I do want to delay that because I need more income and I'm going to work till age 70 anyway. So I'm just going to delay it to age 70 and, and it, it is doing better than my investments. So in some of those cases, it does make sense. Okay, next question out the mailbag. I've had this life insurance policy for a long time, but now that I'm retired, do I still need it? Well, you'll find folks that I'm not a big proponent of telling somebody to cash in on a life insurance policy or to stop paying a life insurance policy. It seems kind of taboo to me, but, but you may not need it. It just depends on what you originally bought it for. So if you bought it for coverage to pay off the mortgage and now the mortgage is paid off, then maybe you don't need it. But you also think about individually owned life insurances, you can redirect those benefits any way you want. So if you want to, you know, name the kids as beneficiaries instead of the mortgage company now, that's something that you could do. Or uh, it just really kind of goes back to what you needed the life insurance for in the first place. Nowadays, we're seeing a lot of folks buy these hybrid life insurance policies that will also pay for long-term care benefits. 
So it may be a way for you to, to transition that policy that you've got into a newer type of policy that has these accelerated benefits that can help out with long-term care. Now, they may not cover all of your long-term care, but it's nice to have a bucket to draw from if something happens to you or your spouse and you need to go into a nursing home. You're already paying a premium for life insurance that you're used to paying. Maybe you can redirect that into a plan that's going to give you some better benefits or some living benefits for yourself, too, that that also will pay at, at death. So those are some things that we'll discover in the Retirement 360 game plan process. All right, that's your retirement coach, Alan Mercurio. If you like what you hear, it's because he's been doing this for the last 30 years. It's called the Retirement 360 Game Plan. That's what they do over at Mercurio Wealth Advisors. And I want to stress that if you have retired in the last five years or you expect to retire in the next five years, I want you to pick up the phone and I want you to give him a call right now. And you're not going to call a voicemail. You're going to call John. John's standing by. And he'll answer your questions, walk you through what you can expect, what you need to bring to your next meeting. And he will personally, Alan, will personally meet with you and help you review your current plan. If you don't have one, he will offer to build you your own game plan. 502-273-1188 or go to louisvillesretirementcoach.com. 502-273-1188. Alan, thanks for hanging out with us and uh, sharing some of your weekend with us and uh, some, some of your financial wisdom. Appreciate that. Always a good time. Look forward to the next one. All right, I'm James Parker. This has been Retirement 360. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions on how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Donald Allen Mercurio and Troy Bolton are investment advisor representatives of Mercurio Wealth Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any client experiences discussed during the show are unique to that client. They are not meant to imply or suggest you will experience the same results. Mercurial Wealth Advisors is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any governmental agency and does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance licensed in Kentucky and Indiana.